Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name, as usual, Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Also, quick shout-out to our sponsors, the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. If you're going to sign up for DraftKings today, and I recommend you do so. A lot of fun to be had with fantasy sports and daily fantasy sports especially. you got the NHL, you've got the NBA, Major League Baseball will be here in just about a week, of course, UFC, PGA, lots of fun stuff. Make sure to use promo code THPN when you sign up. It'll help you out, uh, and it'll go a long way. I'll just say that, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. For the Edmonton Oilers, their hot streak at home continues. Wednesday night, knocking off the LA Kings 4-3 in a shootout, a game that I think most people would agree probably a little closer than it had to be. The Oilers did have that 3-1 lead that you know, evaporated pretty quickly. Some people will throw the goaltending under the bus. But uh, for the Oilers, hey, they did what they had to do. They got two points. Unfortunate that they had to give the team that they're, you know, in direct competition with in the Pacific Division standings a point, but got the two points, continue the winning streak at home, and now they can turn their attention to the St. Louis Blues, a team that, you know, maybe not the powerhouse that, you know, we saw down the stretch when they won their Stanley Cup, but still a very good hockey team. They'll present a lot of challenges. Uh, just going back to Wednesday night for the Oilers, the LA Kings came to town. Uh, you know, I thought, a good job to get back into that game. Obviously, they, they give up the, the first goal to Alexander Edler, and, and then the Oilers find a way to get back into it. Cody Cece, the guy's got a knack for making the big play and scoring the big goal for the Oilers. He's only got four, but they've been four big goals, if I recall correctly. Uh, Connor McDavid picked up his 63rd assist on the season. Uh, then Leon Dreisaitl would score his 49th goal of this season to give the Oilers a 2-1 lead. He and Austin Matthews neck and neck. I know the Maple Leafs play on Thursday night. I don't know exactly if he's going to score or not. The way he's playing, he's probably going to score and, and make Leon Dreisaitl continue to chase him in the race for the scoring lead, but that would uh, give the Oilers a 2-1 lead. Then Connor McDavid scores his 37th of the season. That gives him 100 points on the season, the first player in the NHL to do it. It's just kind of expected for him. You can almost, I don't even want to say pencil it in at the start of the year. You can write it down in pen because uh, this guy's fantastic. He's something we haven't seen when it comes to skill in the NHL. And, uh, yeah, it seems like 100 points for him is going to be a lock every year he plays. For the LA Kings, they bounce back strong, though. Give them credit, partly going towards the Oilers' 
Yeah, you may say they maybe took their foot off the pedal a little bit. Quinton Byfield, the uh, former number two overall pick, scores his fifth of the season. Carl Grenstrom scoring a uh, third period was scoreless. Overtime was exciting. I, I think, you know, if you had to set the over-under at penalties missed in overtime, it'd be a pretty high number. Lots of clutching and grabbing in that overtime. It would go to a shootout where the Oilers would score two goals. Guess who? Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Miko Koskinen making the stops on Victor Arvidsson and Anze Kopitar. And you know what? An interesting game, a fun game. Uh, we know that the LA Kings missing a lot of players, so that obviously affected them. But they gave that effort that you expect under head coach Todd McClellan. And, you know, as the season goes on, this looks like this might be a matchup that the Oilers have in the first round of the playoffs. I think a lot of people would be confident that the Oilers could get the job done, but I don't think it would be easy. I think it's going to be a tough series if it happens. And if it happens, I, for one, will actually be really looking forward to it. Uh, for the Oilers, like I said, off on a Thursday, back in action on Friday when they host the St. Louis Blues a team with a record of 37-20-9. and nine. That game gets going at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. If you are looking for some pregame coverage and you've already listened to the podcast, tune into TSN 1260. Myself, Tom Gazzola, and former NHLer Matt Cassian will have you covered from 6 until 7. We've got a great show coming up for you today. We're going to talk to Alan Mitchell. Of course, he is the host of The Lowdown with Low Tide on TSN 1260, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until noon. You can also read his work at The Athletic. Also, give him a follow on Twitter at Low Tide. Why don't we bring him in right now? Al, thanks again for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, the weather's turning, so that's good. It is really nice, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it is. It's, it's about damn time, but I'm very happy it's here. Does your life drastically change with the weather? Like, do you, do you get out and go for the walks with the dog and, and really soak it all up for, like, the five months we have? Yeah, I you know, I, I will say this. I think that you'll always try to include, you know, to walk on the dog and activity. It's just that it's way shorter when it's minus 90, right? You know, the, the walk with the dog is, you know, you can measure it in seconds. And then when the when the weather gets a little bit better, well, you can have a little more... You know, you can open out, open it up a little bit more on the on the sidewalks, right? So, now, you your dog. It's a smaller dog, correct? Yeah, it's a. She's a Shih Tzu Palm, and her name is Ziggy. Ziggy. See, I I didn't want to say I was like, is it Zippy or Ziggy? I knew it was one of the two. I fifty fifty. Does does she do the thing where she walks like ten feet in front of you, one paw comes up and then looks back? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she. She has three gears. One is that I get, you know, I, I'm going to lose the, my arm is going to come out of its socket because she's excited <laughs> to go walking or she sees something. Uh, the the second one is the paw thing that you mentioned, and the third one is pick me up, yeah. which is just she just wanders over and you know starts jumping on me, and that's my <laughs> that's my cue that she's done walking. So dogs are the best. It's, yeah, it's all worth it. So one more thing before we get to the Oilers and all that fun stuff. Uh, Hernan Salas works at TSN 1260, just about done. He, I'll throw him under the bus since, since he did it. He, he he thought he might be able to join me tonight. He bailed on me. So um, I'm going to say, Hernan, best of luck going forward. And Al, you chased away another producer. What's going on? Man, I, I'm, I'm poisoned. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm poisoned for producers. I, you know, I... I, I 
I, I said to management, I said, you know, is it is it the you know bringing me my breakfast and coffee every morning? What is it? You know, because I can I can be nicer or, uh, but I will say this that that uh, you included everybody uh, who's ever been my producer has gone on to to bigger and better things and uh, untold riches. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure he'll do the same. Yeah, yeah. You you are the launching pad for a lot of us, and you know he he told me as I I saw him today. I said like how'd it go? You know one year final shows here and he said oh i'm emotional man i i cry with commercials now in my old age so he, he, i'm glad he held back the tears and everything we wish him the best joining the elks they got a good one in hernan salas and uh hopefully hopefully we'll find a way to get him back on the podcast circuit one of these yeah, days we, we got to get him uh, we got to get him setting us inside scoops on the cfl draft but oh. so far it's crickets let me tell you well so <laughs> you're a cfl draft guy who are the elks taking number one well, there, there's a couple of receivers, brothers, yeah. uh, out of Calgary, uh, who, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I think they might be the most talented guys. Now, it depends on on whether or not you, you know, already have receivers or whatever. There's a there's an offensive lineman at the University of Alberta who I think might might be. I don't know if he's the number one overall pick, but they might trade down or try to get him in the second round. It's unclear to me because uh, Chris Jones is is like he doesn't do anything, you know, in a traditional manner. You know, like he's just not that guy. So there's a linebacker out of Penn State named Jesse Lacuda who's the number one guy, but that doesn't mean they'll draft him. I'll I'll say that that uh, just to be you know. Uh, consistent. I'll say that uh, Peter Kozushka, an offensive lineman from the University of Alberta out of Yorkton, Saskatchewan, will go uh, number one overall, or with the first Elks pick, they might trade down. I think Lakuda is an NFL draft pick, and I think it would be too risky, but it would be funny. Uh, I, I'm looking at a mock draft here. I don't think the Elks need to go receiver because they've got like 21 guys coming to camp. I think they're floated there. Deontay Knight, defensive lineman out of Western. Could you see that happening? Say that again. Deontay Knight, uh, defensive lineman from Western. Oh, I see him. Yeah, okay. Well, he's come up the charts a, a lot. I, I, I think Jones, uh, and I think the Elks in recent times have drafted, uh, if they can, somebody from closer to home. Because often what happens in the CFL now is you'll draft a player uh, and say he's out of Ontario, and you'll get him for his first contract, but then the likelihood of him you know, heading to Ottawa or Toronto or Hamilton is pretty high. So if there's a guy there, I think that, that you know, maybe – Maybe they'll end up, you know, taking the Western kid. That's why I'm wondering about the two Philpot uh, brothers, who are both wide receivers uh, out of uh, the Calgary Dinosaurs. They're from Delta, uh, Jalen and Tyson. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it, the, I mean, right now everybody thinks they know the name of the starting quarterback with Edmonton. I don't think anybody should make any sort of uh, like write anything in pen on their depth chart because do people forget who the coach is? Jonesy, and I mean, does he does he follow any sort of traditional? There's probably some guy on the roster now that he sees as the starting quarterback, and we'll, we'll find out. And uh, it might not be the guy everybody else thinks. J.T. Barrett from the Ohio State well, University. I think, <laughs> I, I'm 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 getting ahead of myself, and I you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm talking. I'm all hat and no cattle in this area. I could be wrong, but I, I, I think he'd be more likely to go with a guy that he sees growing into the role than somebody that that he that he can, would consider to be a safer 
choice. I don't think he safe his death for him. That's how he lives his uh, coaching life. When uh, when the alt cast gets going again, I'm bringing you on to talk about the CFL draft. You're, <laughs> you'll be the insider on that one. Uh, Al, I, I always tell Awanik he's he's blowing it with not knowing the importance of the CFL draft. He should have a guest every day <laughs> on the Jameson Show talking CFL draft. Ah, classic, classic, Maddie. Uh, let's get to the Oilers. Uh, and you know, in sticking with that kind of prospects type thing, the Oilers have a pretty good one down in Bakersfield with Dylan Holloway. Did you see the highlight reel assist he had last night? Yeah, I watched the game, and he was the, the thing that is hard to describe to people. I watch all the the Condors game uh, games on on AHL TV, and it, it's hard to describe to people how many times a game he touches the puck. <laughs> he is at that level. He is a dynamic player, and he went through a little bit of a lull offensively here, maybe a month ago for two or three weeks, and it sort of soured his stats. But I think he's got six assists in his last three games, and he is such a good player. He sees the ice really well and I, I don't know when they're calling him up but if the Nugent Hopkins line continues to struggle we might see him before the end of the year uh, I, I, I'm, he's NHL ready I have no hesitation in saying that I don't know what his wrist is doing I don't know if he's fully recovered whether he still has pain but as a, as a guy who can play AHL hockey he's an impact player so what, what's the greatest attribute when it comes to Dylan Holloway that makes you think? Is it, is it the skating, the way he, he sees the ice? What makes you think he's ready to jump into the NHL? Well, I'll give you three things that he does really well. He is an outstanding skater, and and I, you know, I knew that from watching him at the World Juniors and in college. He really can fly, and and the the two things that I didn't know about him is how good a passer he is. He sees the ice really well. The the pass to Colton Sevier uh, for that goal last night was just beautiful. That's a that's a really high skilled play, and he sees the ice well and can pass the puck well. But he's also more involved. Like you, you never know with young players. Right, and people say, "Well, he's physical," but that's junior. Uh, in in the AHL, uh, Holloway fights for pucks. He he get he wins pucks back, and it's not a matter of size. Yamamoto did the same thing, but but. With Holloway, he, he is always noticeable. I, I I bet you there haven't been five shifts that I've seen him play in the AHL where he didn't do at least something to to impact the game, whether it was a turnover or a shot on goal. Uh, and and so I, I think I think I don't know what he's going to be as an NHL player, but generally speaking, he comes with a wide range of skills. But his speed and passing are outstanding. Now that's through. Is it watchtheahl.com? Yep. And if you don't mind me asking, is it a monthly subscription? I'm sure there's people that would love to check out more Condors games. No, it's it's. I think it's a. I think you can do it by month. I always subscribe at the beginning of the year, and I think it's what fifty bucks or something like that. And and uh, I think it's around fifty bucks. It might be fifty bucks American, but it's well worth it. And, and uh, because I'm such a prospects nerd, I even like watching the Providence Bruins play. So, and I got a buddy who's a play-by-play guy down there, so I I listen to him uh, broadcast games as well. So uh, for me as a hockey fan, uh, it's it's certainly worth the investment. And uh, the the broadcast quality is good. Ryan Holt does the play-by-play, and he's excellent. Uh, it's uh, it's an enjoyable experience, and you can also watch the game like later on in the night or the next morning or whatever. It's all available to you, even if you don't catch it live. What's your password? <laughs> I tell you, but I'd have to kill you. You know, <laughs> thought I could slide it in there very quickly. Uh, Al, let's go to the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, I mean, hey, there might be an opening for a guy like Dylan Holloway on this team, but uh, since they've gotten healthy, 
outside the the speed bump in Calgary, uh, you're starting to see some really good hockey being played, especially at home. Uh, last night for the Oilers, uh, they get that three one lead, and then they just very quickly give it back. But let's let's stick with the positives on this one. Uh, Connor McDavid again, hundred point player. Uh, I mean, I think we all knew he'd be a very good hockey player, probably elite, but. Did you think it would be this easy for him just, you know, to, to jump into the league when he did and then now just consistently put up 100 points? Like I, I said before we had you on here, you don't write that down in pencil. Like you lock that in in pen, 100 points for this guy every year. Yeah, he, I, I, I think we all knew he was special, but for him to be really out of the box, I mean, he got hurt his first year, but he was going to win the Calder. He was going to be, you know, 80 points or whatever. I think he's missed twice hitting 100 points, won the rookie year and then one other time. And and really, I think we're watching something really special, but, but he does it so consistently that you sort of – you sort of overlook it or you, you begin to expect it. And the same thing happened to Gretzky, you know, I mean, where, where you were, you know, okay, well, he got 200 points, uh, you know, uh, well, he'll, you know, he'll probably do that again next year, so we'll write that down. With, with McDavid, what's really surprised me is uh, how much his game has grown uh, as he's matured and he's still posting points. He's, uh, he, his 5-on-5 five five play has improved. His 5-on-5 five five outscoring has improved. All of the, the indicators, shot, differential, Corsi, all of those things are, are just brilliant. When he's on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers, whether it's power play or 5-on-5, five five, the, the, the ice is tilted and, and it does matter who plays with him. But even when he's playing with lesser lesser uh, wingers, good things are still happening. He's he's, and he's also the guy like, you know, there were many years when I would drive to the rink and I'd I'd go, why am I going? And it's Alish Hemsky, and I loved watching Alish Hemsky. Hemsky was a great great player, and he was worth going to see. Dougie Wait, Ryan Smith, all of those guys were great players, uh, and and they were they were on struggling teams too, just like the current Oilers. But McDavid is like. He, he's just, and Leon Dreisaitl too, they're just on different levels. Like I, 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 even just watching them skate in the pregame where they're flying down the ice, and, and with McDavid, I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody going faster without arms and legs falling off. He's so fast. And, and, you know, I hope that people, if you haven't seen him live, make sure you do in the next few years because of all the entertainers, uh, hockey players who come through this town over many years, going back to, to you know Norm Ullman and Johnny Busick and Glenn Hall and all of those guys. This this player is so special, and a hundred points is in in today's NHL is damn near impossible. And he does it like you know he's delivering the mail. Yeah, you mentioned every year except the rookie year, and then uh, 2020, only 64 games played. He got to 97. You factor in those four playoff games, and he gets there. Now, he's at 100 points, 14 games remaining. His career high is 116. You think he, he sets a new marker there for career points? Well, I think... I- I think if he decided that's his goal, then yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he, I heard a rumor that he and Leon wanted the team to get to 100 points. Like <laughs> I think they're. I, I'm not going to say they're sick of winning individual awards, but I think they're sick of winning individual awards and not having team success. Right. So uh, they're they're. You know. You know. He's played. He's played 21 playoff games in his whole career. 13 of them came in year two, and eight of them have come since. 
So I, I don't I don't think this is a Stanley Cup winner, but I think they could win a round and, and maybe they could win two if the goaltending holds up. And I think that's their goal. I really do. Uh, so, you know, if he gets to 117 points and breaks his own record, I, I think that will be as a result of he and uh, the rest of his team trying to, to make sure that they're in a good spot. I think they can win second uh, place in the Pacific, and I bet that's their goal. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins as the action rolls on. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a big bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21-plus restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. In Arizona, you can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, New Hampshire, 1-800-522-4700. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or you can text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. For Oregon, OPGR.org. In Tennessee, you can call or text the TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789. And in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Must be 21+, plus, 18+, plus in New Hampshire or Wyoming, Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Uh, we'll keep the positivity going here just with Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, 49 goals on the season. We think, and though something goes crazy wrong, I'm going to knock on wood here. Hope you can hear that. Uh, he'll he'll likely get to 50 once again here. I remember watching him with PA when they'd roll into town, uh, taking on the Edmonton Oil Kings, and clearly we knew this guy was a playmaker. Uh, didn't ever get to 50 goals in the dub, but once in the NHL, likely doing it again. Are you surprised by just how good he's become as a finisher at the best league in the world? Yeah, I am, and and I'll say this that that. The year that he came out, it was Aaron Eckblad and the two Sams, Bennett and Reinhardt. And then Dreisaitl was going to be three or four or whatever, somewhere in there. And I talked to to uh, some scouts, and I read everything I could, and I watched Dreisaitl play. And the two things that I thought would hold him back a little bit were his skating, and he seemed to have... Uh, uh, you know, he took longer shifts, and at the end of shifts, he seemed fatigued. He's, a, you know, even as a young man, he was a big guy, like very tall man and and thick. So I, I really thought, you know, he he probably wouldn't be able to be like a dynamic number one center type. Well, that was wrong, and I never thought he'd score fifty goals, so I was wrong about that. And and he's also like uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh 
uh, unique among all of the, the the big time forwards the Oilers have. He has a he has a mean streak in him, and, and you know he'll 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 you know he'll he'll catch you a little bit with the stick or hit with that big butt of his. Like he has that edge to him, and the Oilers need that, and he has that. So he's he has. Uh, He's more than the sum of his parts, and certainly, if you look back at his uh, scouting report as a as a uh, prospect before he was drafted, he's done more to improve himself than I think any great player in the league. Yeah, and I mean, I I just think back to the off seasons where, like you said, you know, questions about the skating. Well, he came back. Uh, I, I believe it was after the second time he was recalled that summer. He comes in and he he looked like a whole different player, and I thought. Man, if, if you're a player in the NHL, on the Oilers, there's something you need to work on. Go talk to Leon Draisaitl and figure out what he did because the guy just continually improves his game. And, uh, man, adding the element that he did and playing with Connor McDavid, I think he probably realized that that, that was going to happen. Work on your finishing. You'll probably score 50, and uh, he, he's going to do it again. I, I thought that Austin Matthews a month ago would run away with the scoring race here. I thought for sure, and uh, Leon Draisaitl, full credit, he's hung around right there. Uh, right now, the, the Leafs are playing. They have three goals, but Austin Matthews yet to score, so they are still tied at 49 goals on the season. Uh, we had Jay Woodcroft on the Jason Greger show today, and I, I really like listening to Jay talk. I really enjoyed him with the Bakersfield Condors, but it was a little bit tougher to kind of put his words you know, and understand what he was saying, because I, I don't watch every Condors game, but with the Oilers, you hear what he says. He's so well-spoken. Is there any element that you've seen from Jay Woodcroft that has surprised you, that, you know, a pleasant surprise, like, oh, I didn't think he'd maybe read the room as well as he does, or, you know, utilize the timeouts. I know that's one people like to bring up, but anything that stands out to you about Coach Woodcroft? I think what I what I'm most impressed by is is um, how many things he's done uh, and the order he's done them in. Uh, you, you know, when Dallas Akins came here, uh, I think he had a lot of really great ideas, but he tried to implement them all at once. And, and probably when he went to Anaheim, he would have you know done it a little differently. Maybe instituted one piece and then another. And the things about Woodcroft and and Dave Manson that they've done are. are they're, 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 they sound simple, like um, moving Nugent Hopkins to center and running three lines, even though everybody thinks it's four, uh, and, and having success at five-on-five. Five. Uh, they're, they, they're also running Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece against uh, elite top-level competition far more often in every game, uh, really, uh, than they than than had been done, done previously. There's it's almost like there's a top pair, and then there's two third pairings on the orders right now. And I don't know that you can do that long term because I think you would probably burn out the players. But short term, when they needed a a really good April, they did it, and it it, it has worked really well. He's also done things like. Uh, and I, I, I'm not smart enough to know how he's doing it. I just know he's, know he's doing it. He's using Ryan McLeod as kind of a utility player. McLeod will go fourth line, then he's maybe second line left winger, and, and maybe some nights he's not going as well, and he'll get faded a little bit. But uh, Scotty Bowman, the great coach, uh, used to – his players would say they knew by the end of the second shift if they were going to play a little or a lot because if you had it going, he'd go to you. He, he would play you more than maybe anybody thought you, you were going to play based on where you lined up and the line you were playing on. And I think Woodcroft has a little bit of that in him. And, and 
he, he, you know, I don't think he waits a long time if a player is struggling to, to move him down or to bench him. But the other side of it is unusual, uh, especially for such a young coach where, you know, he, he's basically looking at a rookie in his first three or four shifts at Ryan McLeod and saying, I think he has it tonight. I'm going to run with him. And, and that's a lot of courage. And he, I think he's not afraid of his own, uh, his own assessment of players, and that's a big advantage for, for the Oilers and for the players who are currently playing for him. Al, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about some of the good things, and now I've got to ask you about some of the bad things. And one of the things Oilers fans will continue to, I think, be nervous about is the goaltending situation. And obviously on Saturday against the Flames, it wasn't bad and it got worse, but I think we could chalk some of that up to the play in front of him. Uh, and Well, Mikko Koskinen and Mike Smith. But last night there was the the two quick goals that obviously weren't really great. Uh, when it comes to the Oilers and this duo in the playoffs, is is there one goalie that you're more confident in right now? And I'll I'll say right now because that can change in 24 hours. And do you think can you give the Oilers fans any glimmer of hope that maybe Stuart Skinner might get recalled? Uh, I think that that. Um... Koskinen is the goaltender that I currently feel has has more uh, sustain or more more ability to, to be consistent. But as you say, it's a moving target, and and you know we should be fair here. Mike Smith had a 9.23 save percentage a year ago, but he has been hurt a lot. So the concern over Smith isn't so much. Smith himself, it's Smith being able to stay healthy and, and be healthy when he's playing. And, and that's the concern always, right? And so you, you want him to be at 100% to perform. And he's, you know, he's 40, basically, so that's, that's a very old player for a goaltender. I think Koskinen is, is um, he's such a big guy. I think if he's on and he's, he's straight to the shooter, he is, he is capable of being more consistent. And he has had, he's won a lot of games this year. Uh, his even strength save percentage is pretty good, um, but I think I would say Koskinen. As for Skinner, I, you know, I always tell people this because I, I believe it to be true. Glenn Sather in 1981. Uh, he was running late in the season with Eddie Mio, who was a veteran, and Gary Edwards, who was another veteran. And they, they Mio got hurt, and in the first game of the playoffs that year against the Montreal Canadiens, Gary Edwards was getting ready in Montreal to play that game. And Sather said, you know what, I'm going with Andy Moog. And I think Moog had like seven or eight games experience, less games than Stuart Skinner has, certainly. And and he went to him and... I mean, a star was born, basically. And I'm not saying Stuart Skinner is that guy, but I am saying that that the script is that it may never happen. The the two veterans may stay healthy, and we might not see Skinner. But the the opportunity is there, and the performances have been uh, uneven by the veterans. So eventually... You know they're 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 looking pretty good to make the playoffs now. If they were to struggle, and April is a tough month, I think you might see Skinner here, and I think you might see Holloway here, and maybe even a seventh defenseman. The Condors are flying. They they've got really good young players down there who might be able to help the Oilers. They're not going to get recalled unless there's injuries or slumps, but those those things can happen. So. I think we might see Skinner, and I think it might be this year, but I don't know when, and it might even be in the playoffs. Oh, well, playoffs, Al, i got to ask you. I mean, if the Oilers were to make the playoffs, and 
you saw those LA Kings in the first round. They'd likely have Drew Doughty, Brennan Lemieux, uh, maybe, maybe the Andreas Athanasiu revenge tour, Dustin Brown. I mean, they're, they were shorthanded in the, their loss last night to the Oilers. Get a bunch of guys back. How do you think that series would look for the Oilers? Well, I, I think there's two things. Number one, I, I think that the players that they're, they are missing are significant. You know, mm-hmm. Drew Doughty, um, Dustin Brown. Th- those are you know those are tough names. Those are players who would make a difference whenever they're on the ice. Uh, the other thing I'll say is uh, there there are really good young players uh, like Arthur Kaliev uh, and um, uh, Quinton Byfield who scored last night who are are making a mark and they're pushing now. So even though there's there's you know seven guys out from the regular lineup, I get that and I understand it. But I wouldn't be so sure that all seven of those guys are going to replace some of the players who are currently, you know, having an impact on this roster because uh, Rasmus Kapuri is like I think he's 21 and and he's playing well. Uh, I mentioned Byfield. Um, I think Kaliev is going to be a regular. I think we might have seen more of the Kings starting playoff roster last night than people are leading on based on the injuries. The one area that the Kings don't have as big advantage in as you would think is goaltending. Quick and Peterson have been maybe not as inconsistent in the case of Jonathan Quick this year, but the strength that they always had with Quick and goal I think has eroded a little bit. You know, Quick is an older player now. He's 35. So Going into a series, I don't think it's probably it's probably a pick 'em, probably flip a coin. But the orders have, man, they got firepower, and that means a lot. So uh, I understand why people are saying that you know LA didn't have their complete lineup last night. I would argue they had closer to a complete lineup than people think they did, just because these young players are are forcing their way into the lineup, and they may not give up their jobs when the when the veterans get back. Al, a week and a half since trade deadline, about a week since Kulak and Broussard made their debut for the Oilers. What have you thought of those two since they've been here? I really like Kulak a lot. I knew I would. You know how you, you sometimes you, you see a player, and, and I saw a lot of him in, in Calgary and in, in Montreal, and he's he's very fast. Like he's the, the one thing the Oilers really needed to do, uh, and really going back to Shirelli, is they needed to be faster, and, and you know you can say bigger and tougher and all that, but they needed to have better foot speed. And on that left side of the defense, Duncan Keith, who's a, a great veteran, Hall of Famer, he's not as fast as he used to be. Darnell Nurse is, and Kulak is. So it really frees up that left side. They they have some guys who can fly now, and that really helps. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the Kulak addition. I think Tyson Berry has played some of his best hockey since Kulak got here. And as far as Broussard is concerned, he's been pretty inconsistent. I, I I didn't dislike his game so much last night. He had a good chance, uh, and he also made a nice defensive play. But he got I think he got benched or he got hurt, one of the two. So there's probably something the coaching staff didn't like. I know Archibald didn't cover Edler, so that's probably the reason he ended up uh, having his playing time cut. But I, I like Broussard because he's a big guy. He can go to the net. He has really good instincts, and I think he scored a couple of goals in his first three games. So if you're if you're looking for offense, it feels like he can maybe provide it. Al, a couple questions for you very quickly here. Of course, the Oilers taking on the St. Louis Blues Friday night. How do you like that matchup? It's going to be tough. The, the Blues are uh, uh, 
a combination of of big power type forwards and and tough mobile defensemen and they also have some some pure skill guys uh and they're younger guys but they really are skilled who can push the play and and gain entry into the zone and set up and make high skill so they're there's they're they're sort of a, an everything team. They can they can beat you several different ways, and uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a real challenge tomorrow night. I'm not saying the the, the Oilers are going to lose the game, but it'll be a, a it'll be a challenge. St. Louis Blues are are a strong team. They're playing well. Their last ten games they played well. Uh, Jordan Cairo is is. I think the, I don't know how many games the Oilers have played him, but he seems to show up and do something to them uh, every time. And of course, uh, old friend David Perron will come back and likely score too. So uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet Oilers on that game, but you know we'll have to wait and see uh, what the results are. Oilers are playing well, and that helps. Yeah, and then uh, next week, big road trip uh, down to Anaheim on Sunday night. Kind of unique. Then you go to San Jose for a game on Tuesday, then back down to the Anaheim, L.A. area to take on the Kings. I just want to ask you, how important are picking up points and, and, and you know, collecting, I guess picking up wins? Because after that, you've got Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, Vegas, Dallas, Colorado. Like, it, it's gonna it's winnable games, and then you get kind of a, a tough section of the schedule. So I think this is a huge upcoming road trip down in California. I agree. I, I think that you, when you if you look at the orders in those three games, I think you probably would like them to get five points out of those three games. And, and you know, you, you, you never give up ever, any result. But, you know, the Oilers are at 81 points right now, and I believe they have 14 games left. So if they average a point per game over the last 14 games, they'll have 95 points, and that should be enough to get into the playoffs. This coming week is the week where of those 14 points I've talked about, you'd like to get as close to seven as you can, because the as you say, the the Colorados are coming, and I think they have Calgary one more time. It could be wrong, uh, and and those are those are tough games that you you can't count on getting any points. You obviously would love to, and if you get a win, that's a massive bonus. But the clearly Anaheim, uh, you know they're. They've struggled in their last 10 games. Uh, San Jose is a team that's auditioning players and, and maybe looking at next year a little bit. And then L.A. is important because they're right there with you. If you win that game, then you're, you know, you, you've really, it's like a four-pointer, and you've really moved yourself ahead of the Los Angeles Kings, who I think they can catch, but winning that game would really help. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Ducks clearly sellers since the deadline. The Sharks auditioning, then you got the Kings. Uh, the remaining games, Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, Vegas, Dallas, Colorado, Columbus, Pittsburgh, San Jose, Vancouver. And then I think you got one more Vancouver. No, I, I lied. That's how the season ends, according to the Oilers' <laughs> website. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, Al. Yes or no, do the Oilers make the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, Dom Lashishan, who's way smarter than me, he has them at 92% over at the Athletic. Oh, okay. And I think that's, that's a, a, you know, I, I think things happen now to the end of the year that will surprise people. Like, I'll use Dallas as an example. Let's say Dallas, they've got games in hand, they're playing games pretty steadily. By the time the Oilers see them, Dallas may be in a position where, you know, maybe they're, you know, they've got a guy who's, you know, maybe banged up a little bit and, and it's not perilous 
to rest him, and they might do that. There, there are strange things that happen down the stretch, even with contending teams. They're, they're very aware that getting into the playoffs is vital, but once that happens, they want to make sure they get players rested as much as possible. And I guarantee you, some of those teams, the Oilers are going to play uh, in the next 14 games. They have significant injuries, and they'd love to rest a player or two. Al, thank you for doing this today. Really appreciate it. And uh, maybe we'll get you on before the playoffs or during the playoffs, if you're willing. Oh, absolutely. And now that I've you know got to pick up the slack for Hernan here, I gotta, <laughs> you know, got to gotta make sure that I make my money's worth here. Um, anyway, if you're talking to Hernan, tell him all the best. Uh, and uh, I, I, if he wants to call me anytime and let me know who the first overall pick is, I'd appreciate it. You know what I. I I think he'll have that inside track because he'll be the guy who has to put out the release, right? So exactly. I mean, even a minute in front, you know, just just to give the heads up, so <laughs> I can be, you know, big man on campus for one split second, you know. He owes you that. <laughs> All right, Connor, have a good one. Great stuff from Alan Mitchell. He is the host of the Lowdown with Low Tide on TSN twelve sixty Monday through Friday, ten a.m. until noon on TSN twelve sixty. I think I said that already. Catch his writing at the Athletic, and make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Low Tide. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you to everyone for tuning in today. Sponsors: DraftKings Hockey Podcast Network. Low Tide for jumping on. The Oilers playing Friday night, like I mentioned. 7 o'clock start, taking on the St. Louis Blues. And then after that, uh, off day on Saturday, they head down to Southern California. Sunday, you got the Anaheim Ducks. On Tuesday, they'll go up a little bit, go up the coast to San Jose. And then on Thursday, back down the coast to the LA Kings. Uh, Seems like a little bit of unnecessary travel. You probably could knock off the Ducks and the Kings and then go to San Jose, but... uh, the NHL schedule makers, they're not trying to do anyone any favors. So well, what, what can you say about that one? We'll see what happens for the Edmonton Oilers. A massive road trip going into next week. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast today. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.